Hey, what's up, fam? It's Coach Josh. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Welcome to my live uh, video here. In today's video, we're going to talk about how to respond to God's no or what to do when God says no to you. And so if you're watching this for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been watching me for a mighty long time, it's been subscribed for a while. I want to welcome you and thank you again for watching. And for those who listen, I just want to say thank you all for entrusting the gift that's in me um, to help guide you all um, um, throughout the various uh, trials or experience of life. And I count it as an honor. And for those who join me live, come on in. And as everyone is watching, make sure you like, share, and comment, engage with me. I would love um, um, to see what you think about this video. But let's get right into my notes. I have a few points that I want to share, but I want to kind of cover some scriptures first to kind of set the tone for today's discussion. Again, we're going to be talking about four ways to respond to God's no or how to view God's no. So share this video and let's get right into it. The first scripture that I want to kind of break down real briefly and quickly is 1 John 5, 14 through 15. And it says this, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, I love that. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. That scripture is very profound. I love it um, because it gives us confidence. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people are completely unaware of what comes with fellowship with God. It says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him. Who? God. That if we ask anything, keyword anything, but the caveat is this. Anything according to his will, he hears us. It lets us know that in order for us to have confidence, when we ask, we have to be aware of what God's will is. And God's will is, all, is written in his word and is within the empowerment and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, it continues, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him. Now, the key thing about this is just because we have it doesn't mean that we have it. So when we ask from God, we have to make sure we audit and assess if are we asking in accordance to his will and know that we have it, but we will receive it in according to his timing. Next verse. Uh, what causes quarrels, James 4 one through uh, verse four, we ain't gonna go to 44. But what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? I love that. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot attain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your passions, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, give me one second. Uh, um, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. This text is very profound and we gloss over this. When we in the midst of asking uh, uh, from God, right? Or we get into our feelings when we know that God says no. It says, what causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Quarrels and fights can be unseen. Restlessness between individuals due to the fact of comparisons. Is it not this, that your passions are at war in you? 
it's, it's, it's impossible <clears throat> to defeat an enemy against you if you're your own worst enemy. It is impossible for us to win the wars outside of ourselves if we are in continuous war on the inside of ourselves. Our natural passions at war with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, right? It says you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covenant cannot obtain, <coughs> excuse me, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you not ask, right? It says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. What this text is letting us know, there's a proper way of asking from God. <clears throat> That's why I tell people oftentimes, before you ask God, ask your heart. Before you ask God, audit your heart. Because if you really examine the motives of your heart when you pray and when you ask them from God, you will see whether or not if your prayer request lines up according to his will. And if you genuinely desire to do well with the thing that you want to have in your life. It says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to what? Spend it on your passions. God is not going to fund anything when it only will fulfill your passions. But God will fulfill, will fulfill purpose. God may not fulfill uh, will not fulfill just wayward and all over the place passions, but God will fulfill and 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 pursue and help you with purpose, especially when it's when the ultimate objective is His glory, right? So therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes him enemy of God. So we're going to continue for time's sake. Go to the next couple of verses. <clears throat> Hebrews eleven six it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Or to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It's also saying here that in order for us to ask, we got to make sure that we're asking in a pleasing way. That if we uh, 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 desire to have anything from God, we got to have faith in God because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It says, and whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is a very script, uh, a familiar scripture. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has a way of bringing peace when it's time to petition. Because thanksgiving puts you in a disposition that says, yes, these are things that I want. This is the things that I want from God. But at the same time, at the same time, I am thankful for what God has already done. The issue is gratitude is not our ultimate and default attitude. Therefore, when we ask from God, we ask with wrong passions. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ. I love that. God doesn't always promise you the product. God doesn't always promise you the person. God doesn't always promise you those things immediately. But one thing that you immediately receive is God's peace. It's almost like God's peace is the confirmation number, but the confirmation number doesn't reveal the tracking time because God is not like Amazon Prime. You can't expect, you can't type in in heaven.com and make a request and, and, and utilize your payment and think you're going to receive. Everything that we have has been paid already by Jesus, right? But it's in his providential timing will depend on the release of that thing. Therefore, we should already in the meantime, be thankful for what we have while at the same time accepting and embracing God's peace so that as we navigate this life without the product, without the person, without the pieces that we desire to have, our hearts will be guarded and our minds will be guarded by God's peace. 
And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, right? Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's saying that we have to think on these things in the meantime. Let's go to our next point and let's get to some notes. And thank you all so much for those who are alive right now. Hey, yo, David said, hey, what's up, Coach Josh? Your videos keeps me going. God gets the glory. I'm glad. God's girl says, hi, hey, Josh. Right. According to God's will. That's right. <clears throat> in order to pray in accordance to God's will, we must know his will. Hey, yo, says, amen. Rose Purple says, Coach, are you answering the question? I might have some time in a little bit to answer a question. And Milton says, nice analogy. God bless. God bless you, too. Now, let's get some points. In order to be okay, here's the main thought. In order to be okay with God's no, we must know him. In order to be okay with God's no, we must know him. God is going to tell you no when it comes to certain things. And my goal with this video is to help you become okay with God's no, right? Now, the problem, many people have a poor view of God themselves and of what they desire causing many to either not want God in their lives or to ignore God in their lives. Many don't know God enough. Many don't know enough about God to understand his no. Many people have a poor view of God, a poor view of themselves and a poor view of what they desire, causing them or many to either not want God in their lives. I don't want God in my life because God moves slow. God doesn't really come through. I don't believe he exists, right? So they don't. They either don't want God in their lives or they ignore God in their lives. Well, God, I don't want to follow you. I feel your spirit telling me no. I'd rather grieve him and not listen to him and do what I want, right? So some people just ignore God completely or some people just uh, uh, don't want him in, his, in their life at all. And many don't know enough about God to understand it, though. It, that's why I said it's important for us to know God, because when we know God, we'll know his no. The one thing about God's no, the one thing about God's no is that it doesn't stop with a period. God's no is no, because I have something better. No, because I have something better. And when you fellowship with God, you will always know that God has the best. God is not just going to be like, oh, because you made these mistakes a long time ago, I'm going to give you secondhanded stuff. God, God's a good God. I gave an analogy with a, a person I life coach today. And if you want one-on-one -on -one coach, you can do so by going to my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you feel like, hey, I need to just talk with Coach Josh with something, you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, and you can schedule and book a session. Let me know your budget, and we'll and we'll get to it. So let me know. Books, card games, all that stuff on my website. But I told the young lady is that, God, we look at God based upon, I need God to bless all of my needs. I want God to supply all of my needs according to uh, what I desire at the moment, right? But I told the young lady, I said, interesting about God. It's like a parent. If a child has, got, has exhibited behavior issues, right? That good parent is still going to provide for the basic needs. Just because that kid came on with a bad grade, just because that kid did something disrespectful, that parent may take the phone but that parent won't take the kid's plate. See, the parent won't take the plate of food, which means that the parent's going to continue to provide. The parent's gonna not going to kick him out the kid out the house. The parent's going to be like, you still can be able to sleep here. You still are able to eat here. And I'm going to still cook good for you. But you're not going to have certain privileges. 
And I tell people, oftentimes we have to assess ourselves and says, if I want better privileges, I got to adjust my behaviors. And before I even adjust my behaviors, I got to make sure that, that my heart is right towards him, right? But unfortunately, people just think that God is just a vending machine, that God's supposed to bless us all the time. But our behaviors don't even match the level of the blessing that we're asking for. The way we live is not at the level by which we desire uh, to enjoy. So God's a good God. God says, hey, I'm telling you no right now because I have better. I'm telling you no right now because I want to better you. And if we don't know God as a loving God, if we don't embrace God as a God that loves us, if we don't embrace God, that God does chasten those whom he loves and that he does love us, but it doesn't mean he trusts us all the way. See, God loves us all equally, but he trusts us differently. Meaning that when God says, hey, I can trust him for marriage now. I can trust her for marriage now. I can trust him with this. I can trust her with that. Then things are delivered into your life. But just because these things are not being delivered, that shouldn't take you off of, of embracing and being thankful for the plate of food and the place of provision. Right. So we have to ask ourselves, am I behaving at the level of the blessing that I desire? We're not talking about being blessed. Sometimes God's going to bless you and you don't even deserve what I mean by you don't deserve it. That's the grace of God. But I'm saying that when it comes to stewardship. I want to be blessed with more money. I want to be blessed with a husband. I want to be blessed with a wife. I want these high caliber, high value blessings, but I'm not at the level of that blessing. See, blessings are burdensome. Blessings are heavy if you're not if you don't if you're not strong enough to handle them. And many people forget about that. Marriage is a blessing, but also marriage has a weight. Children are a blessing and a gift from God, but there are a weight. Ministry is a blessing. Opportunities of promotion are blessings, but they're heavy, right? So God's a good God. And the reason why we we uh we ignore God or we don't want God in our lives is because we don't we have a poor view of him. We also have a poor view of ourselves. We think of ourselves more high than we ought to think. We look at ourselves from an intoxicated perspective versus sober-mindedness. If you have a poor view of yourself, then there won't be uh, opportunities for you to level up yourself. See, I got to always assess, do I have the proper view of me? Am I willing to see? Am I ready for God's yes? Am I preparing in accordance to God's yes? Or am I just sitting there mad at God's no because I've been taught that God spoils his children? God doesn't spoil because anything that spoils stinks. Anything that spoiled is rotten. God doesn't spoil. God assess stewardship ability. And so when you have a, a, a poor view of God and you think God is just Santa Claus and just blessing, 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 but you ain't pressing, pressing, pressing then you can't expect anything from him in regards to stewardships. Like I said, there's a difference between privileges and plate. Plate is the food. God's going to still provide you with food, housing. God's going to look out for all of his children, right? But when it comes down to privileges that requires prudence, you're not going to be, God is not going to promote that. And some people get offended at God's no. Well, why am I not blessed yet? Or why don't I have X, Y, or Z that? But since we have a poor view of ourselves and a poor view of God, then we either ignore or we don't even want him in our lives at all. Because if God is in my life, I have to let him lead. And one thing we have to understand is, is that we have been bought with a price. Our lives are our own. Each and every one of us is a slave to something. But he said, take my yoke 
for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He is our master. And it's best to be a slave to God, a bond servant of God, because I know that he has what's best for me. So God's no is not no, and he just leaves you alone. It's no, but I have something better. No, because I have something better. Or no, because I want to better you. So many people, many people have a poor view of God themselves and of what they desire. That's a key point. They have a poor view of what they desire. People have a poor view of marriage, a poor view of money, a poor view of ministry. Therefore, they desire it, but they don't fully understand what comes with it. Do you know what comes with marriage? Do you know what comes with ministry? Do you know what comes with more money? More money, more problems. If you're not a problem solver, but when God is at work in you, more money equals more problems solved right? That it's no longer good for you to be alone. Now it's time to join you with someone because y'all both are ready to go forward. But we have a poor view of what we even desire. And God's like, you don't even know what all comes with this and you're asking for it. So we have to always ask ourselves, do I fully know what comes with marriage? Because then you will stop asking for it because most of our prayers are suffocated or most of our prayers are so full of desires that we make no room to pray for other people. We make, make no room to hear from God. All we do is petition, 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 petition. And we rarely go to God and just say, you know what? Here are my requests. Here are my feelings. Here is what I desire. But I couple with that thanksgiving because I know that you are a good God. And I know, God, your timing is perfect and you will bless me. And in the meantime, God, what I requested maybe a week ago, what I requested a month ago, I'm not even going to bother you with that anymore. I'm just going to focus on preparing myself for the thing that I ask for. Do you currently match what you're asking God for? If you don't match what God is asking for, no longer pray about that no more, unless you're praying to vent feelings. And you're just going to God and saying, hey, God, I'm feeling this way, but not my will, but thine will. No, don't even pray about that anymore. Uh, uh, Be about it. Don't pray about it. Play about it. You know what I'm saying? Don't pray about it. Be about it. And say, you know what? I'm not even going to pray about this anymore. I'm going to, I'm just going to build myself up. So when God says, yes, I'm ready. So many people have a poor view of God themselves and of what they desire causing many to either not want God in their lives or to ignore God in their lives. Many don't know enough about God to understand his no. Now, what causes people not to adhere to God's no? Causes, C-A-U-S-E-S. What causes people not to adhere to God's no? Let me just make sure my wife's not calling. Make sure she's good. All right, cool. Okay. Just make sure, keep making sure my phone's on. What causes people not to adhere to God's no? Number one, comparison. See comparisons. I know God told me no, whatever, but because Judy has it and because Jimmy has it, I'm going to fall in this place of comparison and then I'm going to do what I want to do and then I'm going to settle. I know God told me no, but I'm comparing my life to other people and I'm going to pursue this anyway. Anytime you budge beyond God's no and you think you know what's best and we think we know what's better for us and best for us, then we find ourselves in distress. But comparisons. Sometimes we just compare ourselves and we, and most people don't even understand how that person got what they got. You know, the devil blesses too. The devil always blesses before God. The devil will give you something before God gives it to you because he knows I rather give you this thing when I know you're not mature enough for it so that it can destroy you. 
People think that the devil, that, that God is the only one that blesses. The devil blesses too. And the devil, the devil blesses good. The blessings of the devil are, are, are good, but they add sorrow. The blessings from the Lord adds no sorrow. The blessings from the devil add sorrow. Later. <laughs> he said, but ever with God, you'll never have sorrow with the blessings from God because he has built you up to be able to manage it. So comparisons. I'm not going to adhere to God's no, forget God, whatever. I'm going to do what I do because I want to compete with him. I want to compete with her. I want to be better than him. I want to be better than her. Number two, A, ambitions and adopted attitudes. What causes people, what causes us not to adhere to God's no, are selfish ambitions. I'm going to go get it. I'm ambitious. I want to make it happen, Captain. I'm going to make it happen, Captain, by God. I know you, I know you God or whatnot, but I'm going to go make it happen. I'm selfishly ambitious. I know God told me no, but I, it's my money and I want it now. It's my woman and I want her now. It's my man. I want him now. I'm ambitious, selfishly, not thinking about heaven, not thinking about eternity, not thinking about nothing, but just thinking about ourselves. Secondly, adopted attitudes, negative attitudes that we adopted from culture. Negative attitudes that we adopted from things around us will cause us not to adhere to God's safe no. You poor understanding. We talked about that. The reason why people don't adhere to God's no and they go beyond God's no, they go beyond the no because they think they know. Poor understanding. Ignorance, lack of understanding. S, selfishness. I'm already selfish. I'm going to go fish for myself. I'm not going to go fish for God. Even though God said, no, I'm going to go fish for me. Instead of be a fisher of men. E, eagerness and emotions. I'm eager. I just want it now. I'm, I'm just impulsive. I'm eager. I'm excited. Cool. It's cool to be excited, but don't set yourself up for, for uh, issues down the road because of excitement and emotions. I feel bad. I feel good. I feel happy. I feel sad. <clears throat> I'm depressed. So I'm, I think I know what's best and I'm going to go make it happen. So I'm not going to listen to God. I'm going to stay in my emotions. And that's the issue. A lot of people are just too emotional and they make emotion decisions and don't want to even hear what God has to say. Last but not least, societal pressures, things in society causing us to say, you know what? I, 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 it's okay to do this. It's okay to have this. I know God is telling me no right now. I know this ain't the right thing to do, but society is pressuring me. Next point. When people hear or sense God's no, they feel the following. Well, I will. I'll go do it myself. I know God told me no. Well, I don't care. Cool. I'm going to do me. Or they feel worthless. Why is God telling me no? Am I not valuable to him? We can't manipulate God. Your tears, your crying out, our tears, us crying out is not going to move God. It can't. It won't. God is too omniscient. God is an integral God. God will know, will never move one step beyond his integrity. God is all powerful, but his power, his power is guarded by his integrity. And why would a good God bless you knowing already you're not ready? So God's power is limited by his name. God's power and ability is limited by his integrity and his character because he knows he's the ultimate judge. The ultimate judge can't make mistakes because we are clever as humans. And if we, if he makes a mistake and we catch him on that mistake, then when it's time to judge, we can call him out on that. That's why God says, my name is on the line. My integrity is on the line. Therefore, I am all powerful. I can do whatever I want to do, but I'm not going to budge one step beyond my name or my character. So it's a no right now. 
And we have to understand that our worth, this note is for our protection. Let's keep going. So some people, when they sense God's no, they feel, well, I guess I will, right? Or, or you said no, okay, I guess I feel worthless. So let me try to manipulate God, cry and pout and make him, God says, man, you can do all that you want, but it ain't going to move me. Next point, God will give me way less. I guess God going to give me less. Why he not give it to me? No, why he saying no? And some people scared of God's no, because it's like, well, will God just give me a, a, a lesser life? Or people just have questions of why, right? Now, four responses from God. Four, there are four responses from God when it comes to when we petition or when we ask him for things, right? There's four ends. He either says now, or he says, no, I have better. Or he says nothing, or he says not yet, right? So four responses, four main responses we get from God is now, yep, now, let's go. Let's do it, it's yours, now, now, let's go. Or it's no, I have better. And I put here, it's never just a no of God. It's never just a no. When you, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. You know God's a good God, so you know it's a no because I have better. I always anticipate when God tell me no, I get excited. When God says not right now, I get excited because I know that this ain't his best. <laughs> so when God tells you no, no matter if you're looking at that handsome man, it doesn't matter if you're looking at that attractive woman, it doesn't matter what they offer you. If God tells you no, get excited because you, if what you see right now, if what you see right now looks good and you like, you mean to tell me, God, you got someone finer than this? You mean to tell me you got someone more beautiful than this? You mean to tell me you got a better job than this? You mean to tell me you got this? So when God tell me no, I get excited because if what's in front of me is that good and it's really good and you mean to tell me that you got something better, I rejoice at his no because number one, I'm protected. Number one, I'm protected. And number two, well, let me just get back to number one. Number one, I'm protected because God knows what's in front of you. See, we don't always know and are able to discern everything that's in front of us. So when God says no, we have to trust that either God has way better or this thing was coming to make us bitter. Either God has way better or God is trying to protect you from something bitter. And that's why it's important to just say, you know what? If this is a no, then God has something better. Oftentimes we look at God's no as a bad thing. No, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. So four main responses when God, God gets the glory, Andy. He says the Holy Spirit is speaking through him right now. God gets the glory. He is. That's the mindset to have. That's right. Let's get excited about no's. Yep. Yep. Say that. We got a super chat. Thank you, Jenny D. Hey, Coach Josh, thank you for your ministry, sir. For the past year, your videos have been helpful, uh, helpful understanding God's word. God bless. God gets the glory. Andy says, Coach, I don't know if God wants me to stop loving my ex. We'll get some questions. I may be to get some questions a little later, bros. Let me get through some of these notes real quickly. So there's four main responses from God. Either it's now. God may be like, it's now. And, and, and now, man, there's a lot that comes with now. Like a, prom a promotion comes from East to West. Sometimes God's now means make brings nerves. Oh, right now, God, right now, man. So when it's when God said, and sometimes God's now is expedient. There's been sometimes when you get blessed and it's, and you like, whoa, this, because that's why 
Your waiting time does not compare to God's ready time. <laughs> the waiting time may last three years, but when it's ready, you meet the one, it may take three months and you marry. Three, uh, two years and you marry. See, the thing about God is, God, when things come, things get accelerated sometimes. And it makes you, God moves so fast when you're ready and when he's ready, that it makes you forget about how long you waited. That's right. Teresa says, yes, stay ready. Because when it's time to go, it's time to go. <laughs> when God moves and it's time to move, man, you on it. I've seen it in my own life. God's like, you, it, it, you, well, I waited years, but it moved in hours. <laughs> God, God had me wait for years. The next thing you know, the ex acceleration happened in hours. The job I got came in blindside, blindside, blindside. But I was ready on the inside. So God may say, now, let's go. It's time to go. Let's move. Now, now, now. And people are not ready for that now. Because then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, what do I do now? No, no, no. You said you've been asking for this. So sometimes God says, number two, no, I have better. Sometimes we got we to know how to respond or, 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 or how to receive when God says no. Like I said before, we should get excited because if this in front of me is good, Ooh, listen, you can go out there and try to make it happen for yourself, but what you do for you can't compare for can't compare to what God has already done for you. That's why I rather wait. I rather wait because I know if this is good in front of me, then I know God has see, there's a difference between bad and good, and there's a difference between good and God. Bad and good, we we can distinguish. Ah, right, that's bad. We still do bad sometimes. But the issue is between good and God. There's a lot of good compatible people for you, but there's only one God person for you. And God, God has uh, exclusive, uh, uh, detailed things that really connect with you and your purpose. But the issue is we don't even know those things. Sometimes God says nothing. Now, what do we do when God says nothing? We do what he last told us to do. Sometimes God doesn't say anything because he's a, he's a teacher. And a teacher's always quiet during testing time. But the beautiful thing about God's test, we have two supports. Every test God gives us is an open book test. And every test that God gives us, he gives us a tutor. He gives us a, a, a teacher's assistant. And that's the Holy Spirit. So no matter what test you're going through, if God is saying no, he has given us two supports. You have an open book test. If you're going through, if God ain't saying nothing right now, Start, start, start perceiving, start leaning into God's word, start engaging the Holy Spirit, right? Because no matter what test you go through, open, it's an open book test and you got someone that can, that will give you the answers. But sometimes God don't say anything because he knows you're not even mature enough or ready to hear the answer. Because if God answers us, because God's words create, God's words create, that's why he don't speak like we think he speaks. That's why he put the bulk of our instructions in the word of God. God, Ramo, with God don't speak all the time. He does, don't get me wrong, but what I mean by speaking, he limits his words because he knows his words create. And if he speaks something into your life, it ferments, it, <coughs> it permeates, it makes you want to go. <coughs> right? <coughs> so sometimes God says nothing because he knows it'll make you do something. And sometimes God holds his words back. Because his words are creative. His words create. So sometimes God says nothing. And sometimes God says not yet.
God says, no, not yet. Not yet is good though. Not yet says, hey, this might be for you. This has a, yeah, this is coming your way, but not yet. We have to understand God's timing. God's timing is perfect, right? And so when we understand when God says not yet, that means we're on the right path. But not yet is also for our protection because God said not yet because you could be ready. A lot of you all are ready in your singleness. Y'all are ready to possess the land. You and your wife are ready to build your house, are ready to move. You're ready, you're ready. But God's saying everything else is not ready for you. Some things we got to get ready for, and sometimes the things have to get ready for us. And every domino has to be in its row in order for you to go. And that's just real life. And that's the thing about God. God said, hey, you may be ready. John the Baptist's mom was ready for years, but it was God's timing. And I'm telling you, God's timing is that perfect. And that's why it's important that we just say, you know, God, I'm just going to wait here. I'm just going to trust your timing. That's why you got to sustain your readiness. You like any soldier that that it, it, no war is coming. They get used to their weapon. Every ball player, they touch a, they bounce a ball every day, throw a ball every day, they hit a ball every day. Every athlete, male or female, they constantly in there. Those people stay sharp. But if you just sit there and do nothing, you won't be able to uh, to be effective, right? And so the beautiful thing about God, if God say, "Hey, just because not yet, don't mean you just sit, stay legit." Let's keep going. So the four, four main responses from God is now, let's go get it. Be careful with that now, though, that now when God gets to rolling, you better keep up. Number two, he says, no, because I have better. So that, that, that brings peace to us. He says nothing, but he gives us his word and his spirit to help us. And sometimes he says nothing because he knows we're not ready to handle what, he, what we want to hear from him. And sometimes he says, not yet. Let's keep going for the last slide. I think it's the last one. Now, what to do when God says no? Four quick points. What to do when God says no? Number one, trust that he knows what's best and has something better for you. You got to practice trusting. And the best way to increase trust is to track. The best way to increase trust is to track. Track God's faithfulness. Write down in a faithfulness journal and say, I'm going to track God's faithfulness to me. And, and, and go look back five months ago, six years ago, 18 years ago, and write down the things he's been faithful to you about. And then from that point going forward, every day when you reflect at night, write down how good God was to you today. Write down how faithful he was to you today. He allowed you to live, <laughs> breathe. It don't matter what you don't have. You have still have some liberties. So trust that he knows what's best. You have to say, hey, I know he knows what's best for me. I don't. I don't know what's best for me. Like I think I don't. God knows though. And has something better for you. Number two, get a better grip of your emotions, eyes, and the thoughts you entertain. So when God tells you no, get a grip. Get a grip of your emotions. When God says no, get a grip. Hey, emotions, no. We follow God. Nah, nah. We not. I'm not going to. Because the devil wants you to get mad at God. Because when we get mad at God, there's no going to God. So be very careful what you do when you're mad at God, because most people make the dumbest decisions when they're angry towards God. And we're angry. We get angry with God when we don't fully understand the attributes of God. Right. So you got to be very careful. You got to get a grip of your emotions when God says no. 
and tell your emotions, hey, nah, we're not going to feel this way about God. We, we, we now be cutting emotions off the thing God told me no about. So if God told you, no, he's not the one, we cut the feelings off. God told you, no about her. I'm going to get my feelings off of her because God told me no. The issue is we get infatuated. We, we get involved with people too quickly and it escalates quickly. And then when we get emotionally involved, physically involved, mentally involved, sexually involved, financially involved, then after we got all these emotions tangled with each other, then we want to go inquire of the Lord. And then it makes it even more difficult because now we got all these feelings competing with your faith in God. That's why it's important to, to uh, uh, acknowledge God and make it a practice every day so your path can be made straight. So before you even entertain that guy, before you even entertain that girl, before y'all even go out, before you even go do whatever, acknowledge God. Is this your will, God? Is this what you want me to do, God? Is this from you, God? So you got to get a grip of your emotions. And, and, and facts over feelings, That's right, Sade? Facts over feelings. That's right. You, you can't go wrong on God's timing. And facts over feelings. You got to be able to say, hey, I know what I feel right now, but I'm going to investigate the facts of this thing. So when God says, no, get a grip of your emotions. Nah, emotions, we know, no, 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 get a better grip. Mm -mm. We're not going to think like this about God. We're not going to. And you got to get a grip of your eyes. Say, so you know what? If God tell me no, I'm going to stop looking at these certain pages on Instagram. I'm going to stop comparing my life to, to Chelsea and Chris. I'm going to stop comparing my life to all of this and that. I'm going I'm to gird my eyes. I'm going to control my eyes and keep my eyes fixed on my life and how to improve and fixed on mastering my craft and my eyes fixed on the Lord, most importantly. And I got to get a grip on the thoughts I entertain. I can't. Now, I'm not going to think about that. Now, I cast down all vain imagination, every thought that rises itself against knowledge of God. Right. So the third response, I went, what to do when God says no? Number three, better yourself. So that's ain't it. OK, it gives me more time to get better. <laughs> if God told me, no, OK, cool. It ain't, it ain't good for me to go right now. So I'm going to go better myself. I'm a skill stack. I'm going to stack my skills. I'm going to get better. I'm going to prepare for marriage. I'm going to prepare to be a husband. I'm going to prepare to be a wife. I'm going to prepare to be uh, whatever it is that I want. I'm going to better myself. Last but not least, what to do when God says no? Better understand him, his will, and your part in it. Better understand his will. He says, go, okay, okay, God. If you do got some feelings about it, I'm going to better understand God. Why would God say no to this? Is it because I have passions that's warring inside of me? Is it because that I want to consume this prayer request of my own lust? Is it because I'm not mature? Let me better understand his character so that I can get a grip of my emotions. I need to better understand his will. His will is my salvation. His will is my sanctification. His will is for me to do his will. God's God, God was meant to be behind the steering wheel, not your Michelin tire wheels. The issue is we want God to be our four wheels and we behind the uh, uh, main wheel talking about, I'm just going to drive God to where I got to go. No, God is not Michelin. You know what I'm saying? He's not a, a Firestone. God is not uh, my four tires. No, we supposed to be in the passenger side and let him ride and let him drive. So what to do when God says no, trust that he knows what's best for you and has something better for you. Get a better grip of your emotions, eyes, and thoughts you entertain. Number three, better yourself 
And number four, better understand him, his will, and your part in it. And then when you pray according to his will, you will have confidence knowing that you have what you what you pray for. I pray this message was a blessing. It was a quick word, 41 minutes. That's still long, <laughs> but it's a quick, it's quick uh, in, in terms of me. So I hope y'all was blessed by this. I might go over to Instagram for a little bit and do a, a Q&A over there. Um, but I hope y'all was blessed by this. Um, there's a lot of um Go to my website now for books, card games, IamUnplugged.com. Also, if you want to support what I do and help this channel grow and want to support what me and my wife do with our uh, mentoring program, as well as what I do here online and help um, this channel grow, you can also sew on my website as well. Um, books, card games, opportunities for you to connect, engage. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, courses, all that good stuff on my website, IamUnplugged.com. We got books. Uh, the Purpose of Singleness is a great book for those who um, are single. And the question is, are you whole or full of holes? Dating Prep is a book that helps you date God, date yourself, and become dateable so that you can date the love of your life forever. So that book has a lot of great questions. Also, has a card game. Uh, here's some of the cards there. Um, and I'll put, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a bet, another graphic for you all so you can see what the card games are. All those on my website as well. The latest book that I wrote is Counterfeit or Counterpart. How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Great book right there. So check that out. Check out the uh, Ezzy Life YouTube channel, a vlogging channel with me and my family. I think that's it. I think, uh oh, you don't got nothing to do with that. My bad. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Where's the, okay. And let me see. Uh, Ashley Phil says, thank you so much. God gets the glory. Chai M, thank you. You're welcome. God gets the glory. Great message today, coach. Thank you so much. Seriously. It's pretty crazy how relevant this was to my life. God gets the glory. Glory, Andy. Thank you for watching. Rose Purpose says, thanks, coach. Uh, Teresa Jane Long says, you always been solid. Appreciate it. God gets the glory. Milton says, hey, hands in the air. Wave them like I just don't. Lit of gems. God gets the glory. God gave me this word today. And that's what I love rocking with God. I don't have to find material. Material will find me through my fellowship with God. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. I'm head over Instagram for a little bit. And I love you. Y'all be blessed. Peace.